This is the Alone With Our Principles podcast, episode 26, Because We Had a Backhoe. On this episode, we're joined by Katie Kistner, an executive secretary in the Hesperia Unified School District's personnel department and spokesperson for the Ryan Kistner Foundation, an organization that supports research for Hewing sarcoma. Alone With Our Principles is unofficially sponsored by Minute Maid, United Airlines, and Jared Jewelers. Juicy in the sky with diamonds. mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. So far this semester, he has been absent nine times. I'm the principal, man. We are very excited today to be here with our special guest, Katie Kistner. And Katie not only is a, an administrative assistant, what's your title in the district, Katie? I'm an executive secretary for Mr. Forrest. Okay, she works in our personnel department, but more importantly, uh, she is also the president of the Ryan Kistner Foundation, which we're going to get into a lot a little bit later. Uh, but first, why don't you tell us about your background and experience with our school district and what led you to that position that you now hold? Well, I have been with HUSD since 2018. I actually have worked in education for over 20 years. I was with Snow Line School District for 20 years, worked in special services, and also an assistant principal secretary at Pena Mesa Middle School and Serrano High School before I came to HUSD. And now I'm in the personnel office working with our certificated staff. Certificated staff, which would include um, the three of us in this room. So, so basically, I guess what you're saying, Katie, is being the executive secretary in the personnel department for certificated means you know everybody's dark little secrets and, and all of that stuff. Which, let's get into a few of those. Why don't you um, let's let's pick a name of somebody in the district and see? No, I'm just kidding. Couldn't possibly do that while on mic. Um, anyway, uh, all right, Katie, we're going to move now to uh, what we love to call the quiz. We've got some uh, questions for you. Uh, so why don't we start off with a funny or memorable story from when you were a student in school? Okay. Um, I actually graduated from Bloomington High School, which is down in the Inland Empire okay. many, many years ago. <laughs> and at that time, it was more of a country high school there were only 150 kids in my wow. graduating class and so probably one of the most memorable experiences um, was actually our senior prank <laughs> um, we had a lot of kids who had a lot of farm equipment at that time and our graduation used to be held in the quad on campus. oh yeah farm equipment and seniors at a yes okay continue and um we came up with the crazy idea of burying a VW bug in the quad because we had a backhoe. <laughs> the, quad, the quad is where we held the graduation. And so the only thing sticking out of the ground was the back bumper that said, thanks for everything class of 1981. That is hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> All right, our next question then, what is the best job that you've had outside of your current profession? The best job that I've had outside of my current profession is a swim teacher. I've been teaching swimming um, since I was 16 years old, 
And I started off just working at the city pool lifeguard. And then actually after high school, when I was going to college, I decided to go to work for a place called the swim school, gave private swimming lessons there. And then in my adult life, I have given private swimming lessons forever. And I love it. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I would build a swim complex in the high desert and teach everybody how to teach their kids how to swim. Do you have any good uh, lifeguard stories? Uh, save anybody? I did actually. Uh, had a little kid uh, back in the day in Bloomington who tried to do a backflip off the edge of the pool and knocked himself out, um, hit his head on the edge of the pool. And I had to jump in oh, and save him, and he's fine. He ended up with seven stitches on the back of his head, but wow. he was fine after EMS came. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm reminded of the scene from The Sandlot with Squints. Mm -hmm. uh, the pool. When he's Oh, nice. Good. I, I wasn't going to be able to come up with that name, but we saved, saved it from the, the fact check there. All right, and our last quiz question, um, my personal favorite. What movie, TV show, or music group brings back memories of your high school years? Oh, this is so cheesy, but Grease was huge when I was in high school. So I love John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. And I was a huge Madonna fan and a huge Eagles fan. I know those are two different sides of the spectrum. I love, but... love the Eagles. <laughs> we just watched that. My wife and I just watched a special Breaking the Band mm -hmm. on the Eagles. And yeah, the dynamic between Glenn Fry and Don Henley mm -hmm. was very, very interesting. In fact, the long run might be the first album that I ever owned. I have um, that as an eight track. Oh wow! That's so there sad. You go. I would just like to make a note that in the um, fact check, we need to ask Carrie her take on the Eagles. We can save that for later. Oh, we'll save that for later. I can't wait to hear that story. I'm a man of respect around here. They love me around here. I'm a swell guy. Okay, so that brings us to kind of our main topic, uh, Katie. One of the reasons we wanted to have you on the podcast today, and that is to talk about your foundation, which you are the president of, which is the Ryan Kistner Foundation. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us and our audience a little bit, a little bit about Ryan, about the foundation and uh, his life and, and how the foundation got started. Sure. Um, I, I, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about Ryan's foundation. Um, Ryan is my son and uh, Ryan, oh, sorry, Ryan, um, Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry, no, you guys. It's, it's perfectly okay. okay. Ryan is our son, and he was diagnosed in 2016 with Ewing sarcoma. Um, Ewing sarcoma is a cancer that affects only children and um, is only diagnosed between 270 and 350 times a year in the United States. Um, it's a devastating cancer. Um, it is a small cell cancer that is nine times out of ten misdiagnosed as a sports injury. Mm -hmm. And in Ryan's case, he was a very active, very happy, um, athletic kid. And he had had a football injury and had to have knee surgery. And in his case, they thought that the pain that he was having in his hip was compensation for the knee surgery that he had had. Um, after many doctor visits and about a year later um, it was found out that there was actually a tumor in Ryan's pelvic area and the tumor is where the Ewing sarcoma had started and it metastasized to his lungs just in that length of time and so in his case we had had him to the doctor four times and 
every time they were trying different physical therapy and that kind of thing to get him treatment. But what ended up happening is he started having like a bronchitis type situation. And the bronchitis is what led us to look a little deeper because it wasn't bronchitis. It was actually the cancer had metastasized. And the, the main focus that we try to do with the foundation is to bring awareness to it because so many people have never heard of it, have no idea, you know, what it is. And one of the studies that they've done is that um, they think, and it's all preliminary because there's been very little research or money put towards this particular cancer, is that a little piece of chromosome 11 floats over to chromosome 21 in utero, and that child has the potential to get Ewing sarcoma. And so a lot of the therapies that they're trying to research are what they call targeted therapies because everybody is so different. And that's why it's hard to treat Ewing sarcoma because it's very specific. And in Ryan's case, once he was diagnosed, he was diagnosed in April of 2016. And the treatment for him was 14 rounds of chemotherapy. And the chemotherapy stopped working in September after that, and then Ryan passed away January 22nd of 2017 at the age of 21. And most people who are diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, if it's found in the early stages, unfortunately the treatment, but fortunately that they can survive, the treatment is generally amputation because it's that aggressive. And so the reason I'm here today is because if we had known a little bit more, if we had heard the name, if we had heard how it manifests itself, how it can be hidden as a sports injury, maybe we would have pushed a little harder in those first doctor's appointments and Ryan's situation could have been, the outcome could have been a little bit different. He was a great kid and we're grateful to have opportunities like this to continue to say his name, um, but it is a devastating disease. Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, um, if we can tell us a little bit about Ryan, uh, you know, for our listeners and for us. Uh, you know, I know I never had the pleasure of meeting Ryan, but tell us, let us get to know him. What, what, what did he stand for and what was he most proud of? Ryan was a really fun kid. We used to call him our little Alex P. Keaton. He was a rule follower. <laughs> there you go. Um, he... Uh, wasn't a Boy Scout, but lived his life like a Boy Scout. He loved baseball. He loved football. He loved his brother. And um, he was just a lot of fun. He was a huge music buff as he got older. He played the guitar. He won the Mr. Bulldog contest at Oak Hills High School, playing Every Rose Has Its Thorn. So that was a lot of fun. We're grateful to have that memory. and he was a he was a decent student. He was a better student in high school when his dad and I were in control of it. <laughs> he went to NAU, as my husband likes to say. He had a lot of fun, and uh, we're not sure about the rest of it. But his goal was to become a U.S. history teacher, and we did think that maybe someday he would come back and teach for HUSD. Um, he was a huge history buff, and just a great all-around kid. He introduced us to Chris Stapleton before Chris Stapleton was Chris Stapleton. He was part of the Steel Drivers. He was that type of kid. He just had his vibe and um, loved life, loved being outside. When he was fighting cancer, he was our beacon, which is kind of crazy because he was the one who was sick, but um, he would go in, 
get through his chemo. And the second he was out, we were planning where we were going to go fishing, where we were going to be outside. Um, he really lived life to the fullest, and we're super grateful for that. You know, it's, it's pretty inspiring to be able to take such a tragedy and, and start something like a foundation that, if I heard you correctly, you're really focused on helping, you know, advance the awareness of the disease and also help parents become educated so they know what questions to ask. And, you know, it, it's difficult to be your own advocate or your own child's advocate when you're going through medical situations, right? And I heard you say earlier, you know, if we had known, if only we had known what questions to ask or what, what people to go see, things might have been different. My question is, how long after his passing did you actually start the foundation? We started the foundation a year and a half after his passing. And we had thought about it uh, pretty soon after because one of the things that we experienced as a family was just what a lack of knowledge we had about cancer treatment, about pediatric cancer, you know, um, not to diminish any else, but, you know, breast cancer and uh, colon cancer are very well known. And, you know, they get kind of all the publicity, but pediatric pediatric cancer, I was shocked to find out that really, I think it's only 23% of the entire federal cancer, cancer budget goes towards pediatric cancer. So I was shocked by that yeah. because in my mind, they still have their whole life. Right. So that's just my, that was my focus. But yeah, we started the foundation because selfishly we wanted to be able to continue to say Ryan's name. That's mm -hmm. one thing that you don't realize until you don't have them here anymore. You don't want to lose that. And we also wanted to do something that would make him proud of us. Um, when he was in the hospital receiving treatment, in the beginning, we were all really, really struggling with it. And he called his dad and myself and his brother into the room. And he said, okay, guys, look, I can't take it anymore. We got to have some fun in here. We need to bring music. We need to smile. Dad, you look like you lost your dog. Mom, every time you go to talk, you've got tears in your eyes. Brad, come on. We got to bring this around. And from that day on, we played more music, watched more playoff games, have more CDs going than we probably should have at Kaiser Hospital, Ontario. But um, that's who Ryan was. Well, and it's, great. We it's great that he had the courage to actually say that to you, mm -hmm. right? you know, that, that he could kind of lift everybody else's spirits. Because, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to go through. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he, he was amazing through the whole thing, honestly. So he taught us. Now, I know Eric and I recently have run in the virtual uh, RKF 5K, which was a ton of fun, and, and you're wearing the really, really cool t-shirt, and I'm sure that people can make a donation and get. Um, how, can, how can people, how can our listeners uh, contribute to the foundation? Yes, thank you so much. We um, have a website. It's the RyanKistnerFoundation.com. Um, and on the website, there's a donate button if you would like to donate to our cause. All of the money so far has gone to scholarships for high school student athletes in our local area. Um, one of the things that I didn't mention before is that uh, I was working at Serrano High School when Ryan got sick and my husband was working at Oak Hills High School and both districts, Snowline and HUSD supported us to the, a degree that we could not even imagine. And so once we started the foundation, we felt like we didn't know 
how successful it would be. And we were afraid that we really might not raise enough money to really help in the research area, but we could at least bring awareness to the name of Ewing sarcoma and give back to our respective districts. And so over the last two years, we've been able to give $20,000 in scholarships to wow. kids within our district. And this year, we're excited to say that we will be able to give somewhere between another eight and 10. We're still receiving donations, so we haven't set the, the amount yet. But everything that's donated has gone back to that or also back into the cost of the foundation. Um, one thing that we were trying to start before COVID hit, and we still have it on our books, is uh, we would like to start a backpack program where when a family is admitted to the hospital and they have a child that's fighting cancer, there's so many things that you could use in that room. You don't want to leave that room. You don't want to leave your child. And so I thought it would be really cool to have backpacks that we can deliver to them with information about child cancer and also information about us to where if they had questions, they could call us and we could help them through some of the challenges that we had as parents um, trying to help our son through this. So that's kind of the next phase of the foundation. Um, and we also are in communication with the oncologist in Fontana um, that we're helping Ryan about where eventually we can have money go to help support you in sarcoma research. That's awesome. And what a great way to honor his life and his legacy and do something that's going to be so tremendously impactful for so many families. Um, so you mentioned a second ago, or I think Mr. Mogger mentioned the virtual 5K. Is this, is this something new? Have you been doing the 5K for a little while now? Unfortunately, I think for obvious reasons, it had to be virtual this year. But... There have been so many virtual races over the past year that I can't wait to actually run a live race again. But yes. Yeah, but talk about that, like yeah. plans for the future for the 5K. Sure. Um, the very first year, we actually had a live event, and it was amazing. And we had it at Oak Hills High School. Um, we had over 300 participants and it was so much fun music and again it just gave us an opportunity to hand out literature about Ewing sarcoma and that kind of thing. Our plan every year has been to have a live event just like that and to continue to grow. Um, unfortunately because of COVID we couldn't have a live event last year and this year we tried to wait until the last possible minute but things just recently started opening up and we had to make the reservation for the facilities in that way ahead of time so we had to have it virtually but even that has had its own awesomeness um, we have had so many participants in southern california northern california virginia beach um, our families spread out and so we've had people in our family that have gotten you know 15 to 30 people to run with them in different parts of the country so i feel like we're meeting our goal by talking about ewing sarcoma by posting about it and also at the same time we get to say ryan's name so. well uh you know what i i've learned so much this morning and i i want to thank you for being willing to come share ryan's story with us and with our listeners and i'm sure we'll be able to post up link to the website on our Facebook yeah, page. We'll yeah. help spread the word as best we can uh, for all the amazing things you all are doing. Thank you so much. They used to call me Crazy Joe, but now they can call me Batman. All right. So as we usually do, we're going to end with uh, something a little fun here and, and a little challenging. Yeah, Chris Mogger, you know, you come, up with, you come up with these things and sometimes, you know, uh, I, I need to do more homework because, you know, we're going to talk fast food today. So the, the extra credit question for our guest today and for any of us who'd like to chime in. Including you, Lewis. Including you, Lewis. 
And I also learned that albondigas is not fast food, but I digress. I feel like this is triggering, though, because both of you know I'm supposed to be giving up fast food. Okay. Just so you know. We're just talking. It's imaginary. We're not having a donut right here. I feel like you're intentionally trying We're to make me feel like all the things I missed we've just asked. That actually might have had a lot of an actual tasting. Just yeah. sampling everything we talked wow. about. Wow. That's me. Uh, Thank you for taking my side on that. If you could put together the perfect fast food meal, what would it be? Include a burger, fries, side item, and dessert. The rules, because there's always rules. You can only use a fast food place for one item. So, if you pick a Big Mac as a burger, then you cannot use McDonald's fries. Who comes up with these rules? To qualify as a, quote, fast food restaurant, it can't have table service, counter, or drive through only. So, who would like to go first? Katie, would you like to start? So, for the burger, I'm going to go with the habit. I love a habit burger. Those are good. Yeah. That was on my short list of burgers as well. <laughs> Um, let's see, what's next? Fries. Uh, fries. I love Farmer Boy's fries. Mm. So. Now, what are those? Are those the steak fry type? Or I don't, I'm not they're more of like a crinkle fry, but they kind of, they're crunchy. Okay. So I like the crunchiness on the outside. And then for dessert, I would have to go with the In-N-Out chocolate shake. That's oh, my favorite. Go. Now, you need a side item too, though. Oh, Remember, a side item is in fries. Oh, my goodness. Probably... Mm-hmm. I would have to go with fried zucchini. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't that's think a, about that. And it counts as a vegetable, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know if I have my meal fully assembled. I'm going to shoot from the hip here. But, you know, I, our listeners may know because we, we get in and out into every episode yes, pretty much. pretty much. You know, I was I worked for Inet Burger for six years. Oh, yes. Loved every minute of it. Um, still love the food. So for burger, it's an easy choice for me because I, I can build my own burger in and out in the you know, something like a double-double animal, but, you know, with, with fresh and grilled onions and, yeah, now I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> fries, like, yeah, I go through phases. I don't, you know, I, I don't just, like, stick with one thing. Right now, I'm really into the French fries from Baker's. Just, yeah, just a good, good fast food, French good. fry. So I'll go with the In-N-Out Burger, um, Baker's fries. Um, let's see. I, I'm not a big sweets person, so, like, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever gone to a counter-ordered milkshake. It's just not my thing. Okay. But, um, you know, I don't know, lemonade from somewhere that sells lemonade. Is it dessert? All right. No, it's my beverage. Oh, beverage. Um, Maybe like Sonic? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, thank you. I, I, we will every once in a while I'll go to Sonic late night just for a treat. Okay. A little soft serve or a slush or something like that. So I can do that. And then also I will say that um, I am a huge onion ring fan from just about anywhere. So, um, you know, there's Tom's Burgers. Tom's, you can get a really good order of onion rings, side of ranch. So. Okay, there you go, side item for the yeah. onion rings. You want to go next, Lewis? I'm a little confused. What What do you mean by side item? That's okay. where I'm really, well, let me, I'm let really me, let me do mine. stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine, <laughs> okay. will it, mine will make it clear. Basically, a side item would be anything other than french fries. Uh, that wouldn't be the burger or whatever. But anyway, so my, my burger, I, I'm with you, Eric. I think I'm going to In-N-Out, double-double. Uh, just standard lettuce, tomato, onions. Uh, and and the, the spread that they put on it is pretty good. Honorable mention to Five Guys, their burgers are also good. Uh, for my fries, I'm gonna, I, you know, I was tempted to go with McDonald's because it's just a classic. Uh, and you mentioned Baker's. Um, I had Baker's just the other day, and their fries are probably the closest to McDonald's. Yeah. Very similar in. I'm gonna sound like <laughs> we're French fry geeks here. Very similar in cut and texture to the McDonald's French fry, but they don't quite have that additive that I'm convinced is crack, basically. Um, <laughs> But it probably isn't. 
Um, that preservative. Yeah, but no, no. For, but for my fries, I'm going Del Taco. Uh, the, the, yes. the, the crinkle cut Del Taco fries. Because normally I'm not a ketchup on French fries type person. Like McDonald's, Baker's, ketchup doesn't belong anywhere near those. But Del Taco, the, the sturdiness of the fry, the crinkles, it's just a nice ketchup delivery system. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the Del Taco fries. My side item was the easiest choice for me. Kentucky Fried Chicken coleslaw. I mean, really? oh, the KFC coleslaw is just yeah. terrible. No, 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 my friend. Um, I think they use the same special ingredient as the McDonald's fries. Um, I feel like every now and then I just want to start saying your age is showing because coleslaw has come a long way in the past decade. But you know what? You know, I, I got to give a shout out to my mom who I know listens to my podcast. KFC coleslaw is very close to the coleslaw my mom would make when we were growing up. So it's a nostalgia. It, yes. it kind of is, yeah. but it's just really good, though. Yeah, yeah, the KFC and then the, the coleslaw is great. Uh, and then for my dessert, um, an Oreo Blizzard from Dairy, uh, Dairy, Dairy Queen. Queen. Yeah. yeah, Dairy Queen Oreo Blizzard. You can't go wrong with Blizzards. Yeah. are good. Yeah. All right, Lewis. So for the record, it's I have a sweet tooth. I prefer... If sweets could actually be the main meal, that would be my life, just so you so know. Burger <clears throat> from Baskin Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a huge burger fan. I'm not a huge fan of meat in general, but I do like In-N-Out Burger, grilled cheese, animal style. I That is fantastic. If you have not tried that, I highly recommend it. And I appreciate probably the eyebrow looks that I'm getting right now that the audience cannot burgers, see. Good. Oh, they're outstanding. Yeah, you can't go wrong with cheese in general. Animal style is just perfect. And then for my side item, I am going to, this is hard for me because again, I have that sweet tooth. I'm going to definitely say I want an Oreo cookie shake from anywhere. Jack in the Box does a good job. But for my dessert, that's right, that's my side item. My dessert is definitely the Jack in, Bo- Jack in the Box churros. They're fantastic. Wait, your side item was an Oreo? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and I just want you. Right. I mean, I guess it. Okay. The side just, item and the dessert are interchangeable. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Well, and yeah, that's actually true because if you do the churro as the side item, you can dip that into your Oreo cookie shake, and we have found magic. Oh wow! Yes, absolutely. But you won't eat meat. <laughs> no. Um, well, I do, but I just don't. I don't. Really with right. I. I just, it's not my, my go-to. And then um, I agree with Chris on this one. The absolute best fries on the planet, but I prefer them well done, Del Taco. And I prefer them dipped in a mixture of mild hot sauce and Del Scorcho. And I, I've always dipped them in hot sauce, even when I was a small child. So I am not a what ketchup was that fan. What sauce that you mentioned? Uh, Del Scorcho. Del Scorcho. Oh, it's yeah. Their it's, their mild sauce. <laughs> it's also the name of the world's least famous bullfighter. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it just, anyway. So there you go. A healthy meal. Now you know why the doctor says no more fast food for Carrie. Because <laughs> I do it right. Well, thank you, everybody. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great conversation. Got to know you, Katie. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today and sharing us with us about Ryan and your foundation. Oh, thank you, guys. I truly, truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, listeners are going to love listening to this one. That's the fact, yeah. All right, gentlemen, so I have a fact check for you. Alex P. Keaton, 
Um, you probably actually have this already memorized. Of course. Yes. Alex B. Keaton is the name of a fictional character from the United States television sitcom Family Ties, which aired on NBC for seven seasons from 1982 to 1989. Yeah, go he, yes. yes, but his character was actually um, very conservative to his very liberal parents. Yeah, that was the original premise of the show because I, unlike the two of you, um, probably remember when this came out. Uh, the, the original, the whole premise of the show was that his parents were basically hippies and Alex was the yuppie. And that plot line, that story arc lasted about four episodes and then it just kind of became another family sitcom. That was great. Great show. Uh, Skippy and Mallory and Alex. Justine Bateman, right? Yes. Um, yes, Justine Bateman. And Tiny others. Oh, nice. Right? Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. The last one I have is a more serious note. Um, this is in regards to um, Ewing sarcoma, which is a rare type of cancer that occurs in bones or in soft tissue around the bones. Ewing sarcoma most often begins in the leg bones and in the pelvis, but it can occur in any bone. Less often, it starts in the soft tissues of the chest, abdomen, limbs, or other locations. Ewing sarcoma is more common in children and teenagers, but can occur at any age. There are major advancements currently in the treatment of the sarcoma, but um, there's still work to be done. And I think that um, Katie Kistner spoke on that and the hopes for that in the future. So that is all I have for you gentlemen and um, our listeners. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the Alone With Our Principles podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more content, including videos, contests, and other information, you can follow us on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Eric. And on behalf of Chris and Carrie, we hope you'll remember the words of the great philosopher, Ferris Bueller, who once said, Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. still here? It's over. Go home.